Oh, are you Muslim? Like say alhamdulillah. So does that mean you're Islamic? You must memorize the Quran. Wait, so you don't drink? Make sure you wake up for Fajr. Are you going to marry your cousin? Don't say that that's haram. Not even water. Tighten your hijab. What about pepperoni? What happens if he sees your ankle? It's kind of like we're stuck between two worlds. Welcome, my friends, to Muslim in the Middle. My name is Yaz, and this podcast is all about what it means to live an Islamic life in the West, the joys, the struggles, and everything in between. Now, it is a pleasure to have you join us today, so let's dive right in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and what's up guys welcome to episode 8 of Muslim in the Middle I hope you guys are doing well thanks again for tuning in I very much appreciate it and I hope you're finding some value from the show um, as always guys a couple of reminders the first is info at muslimandthemiddle.com email me with all your stories your experiences could be anything joy triumph struggle challenges funny stories absurd stories Whatever you like, anything related to your experience as a Muslim in a predominantly Western country, I'm sure that if the experience has been important to you or, you know, it's taught you a lot, it may also be beneficial to others listening in. So write in, share your stories and help us build a community of like-minded people here. Uh, And of course, if you want to leave yourself anonymous, you can feel free. Uh, If you also want to leave your name and your social media handles, you can do that too. It's totally up to you. And a second reminder to say that if you are enjoying the show so far, uh, if you're liking the content and you want to see more, please let us know with a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You know, help us get up to the uh, the new and noteworthy section so that more people can find the show and ultimately find benefit from what we're discussing here. All right, so let's get stuck into it. So today's episode is all about manhood. Uh, once again, inspired by another YouTube video, I feel like this is a great way to do an episode for me uh, moving forward. Um, you know, it gives me a lot of inspiration and, and well-rounded thoughts and stuff. So I think I'll stick with that, uh, with this sort of format for the time being. Uh, But anyway, uh, manhood. Now, never in the history of the world has there been uh, a more difficult time, a more touchy time, a sensitive time to speak about a topic like this, right? In the same way that the earth erodes over time, so too do our values, our principles, our virtues. Um, And in a similar fashion to the earth, our values, our principles, and our virtues are weathered by the conditions around us, right? By the actions of our sins, uh, by external influences like the people around us. You know, media, both uh, traditional and social, uh, our friends. I mean, the list is endless, right? We as humans, as human beings, are constantly being shaped and altered through our experiences with the rest of the world around us. Uh, and the values and virtues that we carry with us, even the ones that we hold most high, uh, they too can wither away, right? And no different in this case is the value of manhood. Now, what exactly does it mean to be a man, right? Now, the answer to this question has been has long been discussed across all faiths, across all cultures, and it has different meanings across, you know, amongst different groups of people, right? Now, we're living in a time where men or, or men have, have changed in a variety of aspects, right? Changes in our goals and our dreams, changes in our hobbies and interests, changes in our priorities, changes in the way that we present ourselves to the world, uh, for instance, on social media, um, you know, even trivial things like the changes in the way we dress or whatever, you know. Now, not all these things are bad. Some are just different and there's nothing wrong with different. But look, I, I, you know, I'm an observant guy. I watch the world around me and I notice things, you know. It just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like that many of these changes in men are contributing to, 
I guess you could say a fall in manhood and a, and a rise in boyhood, right? Like a, a fall in manhood and a rise in boyhood. Now, again, I'm, I'm sort of very uh, wary of, of coming across as like a preacher on this podcast. I never want to be like, you know, we're all doing this wrong. You should be doing this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but look, in all honesty, I mean, if we're speaking about the decline in manhood uh, that the world is experiencing, I mean, I feel like I notice a lot of a lot of it around me, man, like I do. I mean, like people my age and younger, um, hell, even guys older than me. And it just seems like they're focusing on the wrong things. Their priorities are all out of whack, uh, especially in the Western world, right? I mean, look, for starters, I know way too many guys my age and younger, and again, even some older than me, who who live for the weekend, right? Because it means that they get to go out, they hit, hit the clubs, they party till the break of dawn. I know too many guys who seem solely focused on hitting the gym, getting their bodies, you know, perfectly sculpted and insanely shredded and, and nothing else matters. <laughs> um, I know too many guys who are in public, right? And they have their friend take their phone and they stand there for the next 20 minutes trying to get the perfect photo in front of the perfect backdrop with the perfect filter so that they can upload it to their social media platforms and, you know, maintain their follower count or gain more followers or whatever. I mean, I actually saw that, right? Like a couple of weeks ago back, in fact, like... <laughs> Um, you know, you, you do see it from time to time. Now, look, I'm not saying that there's inherently anything wrong with any of this stuff, right? If you're not a Muslim and you're going out to the clubs, fine, you know, whatever you do, uh, you know, do whatever you do, I guess, right? We all have our own way of, of cutting loose <laughs> after a long week at work, fine. Again, nothing wrong with the gym. Uh, you know, health should be one of our biggest priorities. Uh, Want to build a little bit of lean muscle and, and keep your partner happy? <laughs> sure, no worries. Um, and even the last one, Right? Nothing wrong with social media, nothing wrong with connecting uh, with your friends, following people's pages that you enjoy or whatever. That's all fine. I think where it starts to become a problem is if it consumes your life, right? If your priorities have shifted and all you care about is partying, all you care about is, is getting buff, all you care about is becoming internet famous, then that's a problem. You know, and look, and this is something that obviously affects both men and women, right? It's not even just contained to men. Um, but even with this discussion of manhood, it affects women, t- women too. Like, and, and you might ask, like, how? How does it affect women? Well, like I said, like it was said in this video that I watched, um, and like I've seen in the community around me, I mean, people are, are complaining, uh, women, sorry, are complaining that they're married to boys and not men, right? And there's an example of this uh, across both ends of the spectrum. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, for, for example, too many women, um, there are too many women who are being yelled at, abused, ignored, dismissed, humiliated, uh, downtrodden, disgraced in their marriages by these, you know, quote-unquote men who are doing all that under the pretense of, of manhood. And unfortunately, I know a ton of marriages like that, right? Several several amongst my fellow Arab community, all right? And if you're Arab and you're listening, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, but of course, it's not contained to just Arabs. Other ethnicities, of course, and not even contained to Muslim families either, all right? But um, anyway, that's just one example, right? And then on the complete other end of the spectrum, there are hundreds of, uh, you know, there are all these husbands and fathers who lack assertion, who lack conviction and skills in decision-making, who lack, you know, fortitude to to provide for their families and, and the wife or mother, uh, you know, she's shouldering too much of the load and there's this kind of imbalance, right? Now, again, let me be clear. Like, I feel like I constantly have to issue these kinds of disclaimers throughout an episode like this to prove that I'm not some sort of misogynistic jerk or whatever. Um, let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with two partners sharing their duties in a marriage, right? If anything, that's encouraged in Islam, right? Each partner having their own roles, responsibilities, their load to bear, so to speak, right? But that's what I mean. I mean, you you either have guys who are disrespectful, who fail to see their wife or their partner 
um, as an equal. They're ruthless in their approach to communication. They're angry and they have very little control of their emotions and they take out their anger and their insecurities on their families and loved ones, right? And on the other hand, guys who, I hate to say it, but are, are kind of like dish rags, right? Like you don't much have a uh, have much of a backbone, I guess, or, or, you know, or no confidence to do what needs to be done, who struggle to fulfill their duties as a husband, as a father, as a son, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? Now, at this point, you might be wondering, all right, man, so, you know, you're schooling all of us. Well, if you're so perfect, where do you fall? <laughs> um, let me level with you guys. Um, I think that there are aspects to my personality that put me in like two of these three baskets, right? I say two out of three because I'm referring to you know, spineless dish rag <laughs> and, and quote unquote, a regular man. Um, but not really the third, which is mostly just toxic and like yelling and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, maybe a little, but I'll go into that. So, so, so yeah, there are parts of my personality that could sit in mostly two of the three uh, baskets and that's not a cop-out answer. I mean, I think that's just the truth. So if you've listened to this in previous episodes, you may know a little bit about my background. I grew up in a relatively non-Muslim populated area of Sydney, Australia. And so my experience as a Western Muslim has been a little bit all over the shop, right? And hence the title of this podcast. (laughs) Um, And so my parents, they're Arab and they migrated here from the Middle East before I was born. Now, my my father, Ali Adhala, he's he's a complicated man, (laughs) um, a very disciplined man, the hardest working person that I've ever known in my entire life. And that's no exaggeration. I mean, he's just got that classic migrant hustle in him. Um, and he's also, you know, I guess you could call it, he's a, he's a man's man, right? He's not very like sensitive, I guess uh, you could say. He doesn't really know how to express his emotions in the healthiest of ways. <laughs> um, and for any of you listening, I'm sure that you know what I'm talking about, right? Your fathers are probably cut from the same cloth. Now, my father, you know, he's the oldest of his siblings. And I think it's a pretty good rule of thumb that the oldest is a lot of the time the most serious, perhaps, right? I mean, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that there wasn't, I guess, a ton of room for healthy emotional expression in my house growing up. <laughs> Yaba, if you're listening to this, I love you. And this isn't a dig at you, I promise. <laughs> uh, just figured I'd throw that in there. But yeah, so because there wasn't room for that kind of thing, I guess my siblings and I grew up, we kind of, in some sense, mocking emotional expression and being pretty uncomfortable with things that were kind of corny or sappy or whatever. Like if there was a movie and there was a really cheesy moment in the movie, we'd all kind of cringe Um, that kind of thing, right? Now, my two older brothers, they're generally closer to my dad in that respect, right? They're not huge on emotional expression. They're both engineers, very mathematically minded. (laughs) Um, Not that that matters, but my point is is that I was sort of always the odd one out, right? I was a little bit more creative and artistically minded. Um, And I guess from the ages of like 11 or 12 onwards, I developed some mental health concerns. I've talked about this in other episodes as well. Um, Those mental health issues, my depression and anxiety and stuff, um, the experience of those issues, it triggered an interest in psychology for me, right? And I always kind of, you know, I was always kind of fascinated why I was the way I was and, you know, what caused it um, and how it could be treated, things like that. And the older I got, the more I studied psychology, um, you know, I majored in it, in it at uni. Um, so that knowledge of psychology on an intellectual level, combined with the fact that I had, you know, legitimate mental health struggles that plagued a lot of my, you know, teen and early 20s years, um, both of those factors fostered a degree of comfort and acceptance in expressing expressing emotional struggles to the people around me whenever I felt like I needed to, right? Um, but in saying that, like I said, when you have two older brothers who practically never shed a tear <laughs> and, and here you are complaining about... Um, 
you know, your depression and your anxiety every two seconds to anyone that'll listen. <laughs> you kind of feel like, I mean, I don't want to say it, but you, whatever, you, you kind of feel like a bit of a sissy, right? At least I did. Um, and again, because what was modeled from the males in my family was so far in the opposite direction, you know? Um, man, is this podcast or is this a bloody therapy session far out? <laughs> um, wallahi, this is actually true though. Like the other day, my brother and his family were visiting, right? And I was telling them about the podcast for the first time. Um, and he was, honestly, my brother was actually looking at me like I was from another world. He actually even said something like, how are you so comfortable with emotions? They're so gross. They're disgusting. <laughs> and his son's right next to him. And I'm like, man, you're an idiot. Like, good job con- on continuing to fuel the next generation of emotionally repressed men in our bloodline. That's awesome. Well done. A big round of applause for this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, right? That right there. See, so perfect example of what I'm talking about. So yeah, dude, I mean... Like I was basically like the sissy of the family, <laughs> still them. I mean, if you'd ask them, um, but whatever. Anyway, so the reason I say all this is because for me, that kind of mental anguish or struggle or whatever that fostered in me, um, that fostered sort of a somewhat weaker personality, maybe. Okay, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. I mean, what I mean is that for a long time, man, I didn't really have much of a backbone. For instance, if somebody wanted to handle. Uh, if somebody at work wanted me to handle another project and I was already at full capacity and I couldn't take on anything further, I would still say yes, because I literally couldn't say no. Or even just to have a conversation to explain that I was already at full capacity, I couldn't even do that. Or another example is that during during conversation, if I was discussing, discussing a, a particular topic with someone um, and their opinion differed to mine, you know, I would, I would almost always mold my answer afterwards to make it fit more with theirs without even being fully aware that I was doing it, right? I was extremely agreeable and I didn't like to rock the boat, so to speak. I hated conflict and, and confrontation, right? And I think that there are a lot of guys like that uh, these days, right? Now, I want to be clear here that I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to, you know, to get offended or anything like that. Um, but I just want to say that I don't think being agreeable or avoiding conflict makes you less manly or anything, right? I, I just want to say that. But I do think that the skill in itself to say no, to stand up for yourself, to have a difficult conversation when it needs to be had. I think skills like that, you know, when developed, they can become an asset. They can help you become more confident in yourself, more competent um, in not only your job, but also your skills and abilities as a partner, as a husband, a father. You know what I mean? So I, I genuinely believe that, that it's um, it's not really about us guys being less quote unquote manly or whatever, but it's more about developing the right personality traits that can foster better parenting, foster better husband material, you know, things like that, right? So, like I said earlier, this isn't just a problem for men, you know, sheikhs across the world are advising that the complaints that they receive from women and their dissatisfaction in their marriages is increasing at an alarming rate. Women need a man who can provide comfort, security, stability, reliability, safety, and not only for them, but for the children they bear, right? It's just basic biology. And, um, and of course, it's, it's detailed across several surahs of, in the Quran, none of which I can quote right now, unfortunately, but, you know, more on that later. <laughs> now, I say all this in past tense, uh, like I used to do this, right? I used to say that, um, I used to do this, and that's mostly true. But to be fair, man, I still find myself acting in, in some of these ways sometimes, right? Again, if I'm in conversation with somebody and my opinion or answer or whatever might be occasionally tweaked to fit the consensus, consensus or if I'm at work and a colleague is, is really under the pump and they need me to, um, you know, take on some of their caseload, uh, even though, and even though I, I might be under the pump as well, I may still say yes from time to time. I still relinquish 
um, responsibility from something that I should probably be do, be doing for my parents, you know, to assist them rather than having them do it, right? You know, especially when you consider the fact that I'm 30 and I'm still living under their roof, right? <laughs> Least I could do is help out, you know what I mean? Um, but every now and then I'm still a little lazy, right? Um, every now and then I I guess I you could argue that I'm sort of a boy and not a man, right? So we all have moments like that. At least that's what I tell myself, right? Um, but for the most part, I learned to recognize these these patterns in my behavior. I paid attention to um, how I'd act with certain people or in certain situations or whatever. Um, I'd analyze my behavior after the interaction. Like, why did I do this or say that when I really meant to do this or say this? Um, and I guess that's one of the benefits of, of you know, of anxiety, really. <laughs> I mean, uh, an overactive mind can sometimes actually be useful, man. I mean, I, like I learned to pick apart the elements of my behavior and pay more attention to improving them as time went on. Um, and these days I feel like I have now developed an ability to say no when I need to, or to be firm in my stance during a difficult conversation or not waver or cave in the face of confrontation, you know? Um, now I think at this point, you know, we've, we've covered a lot, I guess, in terms of, um, manhood, right. From a general perspective, um, and not necessarily from an Islamic perspective, I guess I got caught up in a therapy session with all of you guys. (laughs) Um, but I'd really love to do an episode on the qualities of a, you know, a quote unquote real man as dictated by Islam, Right, as discussed in the Quran or as it was laid out by uh, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu um, I think that there would be a wonderful episode. I think it would be a really powerful reminder for us guys and for any wis- women listening listening as well, um, you know, just so that you're aware. Um, so I'll be sure to make sure that the next episode covers that in, in greater detail. Um, but look, that's, I think... Uh, that's it for today, guys. Uh, you know, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Muslim in the Middle. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, once again, a friendly, no pressure reminder to email your stories into info at muslimandthemiddle.com. We'd love to hear from you and share your stories on the podcast. And uh, please head over, head over to Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on all the major directories. And if you can leave a five-star rating and review, please do. It would mean the world to me. Uh, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And head over to the website, muslimandthemiddle.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter there as well. And finally, click that donation button on the website. Uh, remember, it's not a donation to the podcast itself. Uh, it's actually a GoFundMe that I've linked with a Sydney-based Muslim charity called Brothers in Need. Remember, just $1 from each of you. If the listeners of this podcast start stacking up, that could go a really long way. Imagine, you know, 1,000, 10,000, 50,000 people listening to to this podcast per episode. $1 from each of you, that that would be huge, right? So, um, so yeah, so I'll see you guys all in episode nine and until then, Allah ma'akum and all the best. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and peace.